Good morning, saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm your host, Brady Finneran, pastor of, actually, excuse me, district president of the Minnesota North District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. A blessed Pentecost season this Wednesday, June the 29th, as the light of Jesus shines on us from Genesis chapter 24. We kind of stop midway through this chapter. It's a long chapter, and we hear more of Isaac and Rebecca. It is right on the, 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 the next stage as we hear of Sarah's death and burial. And it's just a reminder for us that it's, it's a, a time of grief. It's like losing your bride, and then the family moves forward. Both Abraham and Sarah are gone. Um, this is not gone, but uh, Abraham is old. He lost his bride. Now what is going to happen next? That's why I think Genesis is a very much so a practical book where it shows us the reality of this world. And it is important for us to remember that they were people as well in the scriptures. And ultimately, it points us at lineage, lineage back to our Savior. As we hear the word of God this morning, open up your Bibles, put on your Christ goggles for the gifts are ready, ready for you. Thank you to our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. Helping us to be strengthened by God's Word, we welcome back Pastor Adam DeGroat of Calvary Lutheran Church in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Pastor DeGroat, happy Pentecost and welcome back to Thy Strong Word. It's good to be with you and uh, how have you been? <laughs> Life is good. I think the common line, and you know this as well, God always gives us what we need. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, ab- absolutely. And and sometimes in an abundance where we need to figure out sometimes just what to do with all the blessings that are given. But he always absolutely. provides and he always provides a way. So thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. So tell us what's going on for you, Pastor, your family, and the saint, the work of the saints at Calvary Lutheran. Well, of course, I'm always uh, I'm always bringing that that different aspect. Of course, as we go through into the into the summer months, the the season of green, we uh, at Calvary are on the one year lectionary, so we're in the season after Trinity, um, and mm-hmm. so we're we're going in and coming into the prodigal uh, prodigal father, prodigal son, whichever way you want to see that particular parable for this week, and and things are busy in the summer, and and all sorts of different things are going to be happening in July, so it's it's going really well, so. Um, is it summer up there in Minnesota yet, or is it still winter? Well, you know, there is, there's still, you know, I tell you what, when it hit July 1st, then I finally took my uh, winter gloves and my, my stocking cap, as we say in Minnesota, <laughs> and I put them away. It, July 1st had to happen before I did that with confidence. So, yeah, it is summer officially, and we are enjoying every minute of it. That's good. That's good. And it, 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 that lasts to the 4th of July. Is that correct? Yeah, July fifth is when we get afraid of snow once again up here in Minnesota. Well, so you guys you know. enjoy it up there as much as you possibly can. I know the mosquitoes <laughs> get bad during that time of year, but uh... <laughs> oh, and uh, and the road construction is the next piece. Yeah, the road construction comes as well. So, anyways, but uh, Pastor, it is a joy to have you with us again. And I think you know this is, I mean, this is kind of one of those texts where you you kind of heard it before. Well, we kind of go from Genesis twenty two, and then we kind of plod along in Genesis. But here, this is going to be a great text. So, can you begin our time as we look at God's Word and begin our time in prayer? I'd love to. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our benefit. 
And so as we uh, enter into Genesis chapter 24 this day, we ask that you would send your Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us. We may know not just of the history of the world, but we may know of our heritage from where our Savior has come and by what means God has provided this most precious Savior who has shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. We thank you for your faithfulness to us, and we know that you will be with us this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have any questions concerning our text today, send us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org, or call us on this live program, 314-821-0850, 314-821-0850. Now, Pastor, let's, let's begin this way. Uh, chapter 24, give us, a, give us a, um, the first 41 verses. Give us a little background, because we're not going to read the whole thing and then come back. We're just going to we're going to kind of get to the background and let's get to uh, some of the ideas you have. And we'll just start digging into the text. So what's important for us to remember as we begin chapter 24? Well, yeah, the nice thing is it's a, it's a nice chronology. Um, we know of what's happened with Sarah. She's just died. She's been buried in a land that's a, a foreign land to her. Um, Abraham's been um, received very well uh, and has been able to bury his wife and, and is now uh, approaching his old age. But also the other thing to remember, too, is that, um, as was prayed uh, before we began, is that uh, Christ is all over uh, this particular chapter. Um, and there's a number of different verses uh, that we'll see as we go through the text where it's connoted most especially with the, the capital letter of the capital word, Lord, uh, capital L, Lord, as we'll see as we go through these 41 verses. But there's also two references to the angel of the Lord, which um, I think a lot of times we, we overlook and we, we forget that that's Jesus, too. So it's an interesting thing. You have the Lord um, <laughs> there that's with them um, by virtue of his presence, but there's also the angel of the Lord who is attending to them. Uh, and the wonderful thing is the message is always the same. Uh, so we'll see a lot of, of that figuring prominently. Um, but the other thing, too, and I think this is important in our day, is that this particular text, for those who are listening that maybe um, you know, are, are in touch with the culture and the things that are going on our, in our world, um, this is not a, a text about ethnicity. It's not a text about race or, or bloodlines uh, in any way, shape, or form. What this is, is, is really a text about is <clears throat> the fact that God has made a promise to Abraham back in Genesis 17. It's going to be fulfilled uh, right before his eyes. That's what Abraham wants to see before he dies. Uh, so he sends Eleazar out. Um, and he's going to go out to obviously find a wife. And, and that's one of the, the wonderful things that we remember about marriage is that marriage is given, of course, for the mutual uh, love and the sharing of love with one another, intimacy that goes with that, uh, but also the procreation of children, um, one of which and most prominently uh, will be uh, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ through this very line. So I think that's the most succinct summary that I can think of for this particular chapter, most specifically the first 41 verses. I, I I think that's great. I, I think I'm ready to dig in. Are you ready? How about it? Let's do it. Uh, all right. So Genesis 24, we'll begin in the first verse, and we'll be going a few verses at a time. We'll be reading from the English Standard Version as we hear the word of God. Now, Abraham was old, well advanced in years, and the Lord Yahweh had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his household, who had charge of all that he had, Put your hand under my thigh, that I may make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell, but will go to my country and to my kindred and take a wife for my son Isaac. 
So, Pastor, I'm going to stop there because this just is something that, you know, you, you, you're, you're a father. I'm a father of three daughters and, and just kind of like, oh boy, like what's going on? This goes back to the, to a time we don't like as Americans where they're trying to set up marriages. This is, this is not good. Let's just stop reading this chapter right now and go to the next one. But what's really happening in that culture and, and, and for us today to, to think about? Well, I think the the thing to, to to remember too is that you know, um, as we're approaching the Fourth of July and what a wonderful heritage we have here in America, but I think the other thing to remember too is really is is that is in that particular section with regard to the Canaanites, and and and, and I, we'll get back to that. But I think to remember that as Americans, you know, we're we're also there's something that goes with that too. We are we are Christians within America. And um, what we have to understand is that what, what we've done, what we've what we've approached, or how we've approached specifically marriage, is very differently than how than how God does. And that's what's what's happening here is that we can look at the people that are that are here and think that Abraham is trying to arrange the marriage. But I think as we get into the following uh, chat or following verses, rather. We'll see that uh, what there really is an arranged marriage, um, and arranged marriages are really happening still in our day, but they're not really happening in the way that we think that they are, because what mm. we're seeing in this particular chapter is that there is someone arranging the marriage, and that's God, um, and so <laughs> God knows from the time that He makes the promise to, to Abraham back in Genesis 17, um, He knows who Abraham's wife is going to be. He ordains that, but that to be so. As a matter of fact, Sarah is is there, and, and her name is is changed to Sarah, and Abram's is changed to Abram. But he knows who the sons of, of, of Abraham will be. He knows who their wives will be. He knows, he knows where, who their children will be. There'll be a great nation, a multitude of people. And most especially, I think the, re, the, the thing to remember what God is arranging in all of this is, is yes, practical, is practical marriage. But most specifically, God is arranging for our salvation. And I think that's the wonderful mm. thing about this chapter is that he's setting everything in order according to his gracious will, in order that we may know that Jesus has come from this very line and that God from the very beginning is fulfilling his promises for us. So then the other thing, too, that's interesting about this is that, you know, um, a lot of times, you know, we, you know, my, my son's name is Knox and my name is Adam. And, and, and I, I got to tell you, uh, Pastor Finner, and I, I've not really, well, in some ways I've lived up to my name of Adam, as Luther reminds us often, is uh, <laughs> I'm often reminded of the old Adam very often, uh, but I'm also reminded. <laughs> <laughs> reminded of the new Adam that, that that Christ, of course, is for us. But in the Hebrew culture, um, this servant that's being talked about in verse 2 is Eleazar. And his mm-hmm. Hebrew name really literally means God is my helper. Um, and so we, we mm-hmm. can't overlook that that um, that fact that God has given this, this servant, Eleazar, who's a servant of Abraham, the next in line, um, not a son, but but a servant, um, to, to go out and to see to this... this, this um, uh, commissioning, so to speak, that Abraham gives him. But remember that it's not a commissioning that's necessarily given. Um, it is given by Abraham, but it's given ultimately by God. And then the other thing to remember, as we see in verse 3, is the Canaanites, um, they were pretty nasty folks. And we have to go back to Genesis 9, um, where God had placed a curse on them. And and, and, mm-hmm. and the curse comes because the Canaanites were known to be idolatrous, and that's just simply idolatrous, and Luther will talk about this with regard to the first commandment, is, you know, they had gods in, in many different ways, but what, we find, what, what, what they were finding is that these gods were not able to save them. Um, and one of the things that the Canaanites were known most for 
um, was that they sacrificed uh, infants, they sacrificed children uh, unto their gods. And, and what we see in many ways is, is, is very little has changed in our day. Uh, so what happens here is that, that Abraham is sending uh, Eleazar out uh, to a place to his own homeland, um, and, and the text will get really strange as we go in, because what we're going to find is, is that there's a family lineage that's being carried on, namely <clears throat> that Isaac is going to marry uh, what ends up being his second cousin. Um, and so <laughs> there's, there's some very strange things that are unorthodox in, in our way of, of, of thinking about things. Um, and, and, and never mind the fact of, of the oath and how it is that the oath is, is struck between Eleazar and Abraham. That's a, um, sort of a covenantal uh, Hebraism, I guess, or a way that they did it back in those days is that what this would have meant is that, that this was a, a touching of the thigh, but also the loins. Um, and that's about mm-hmm. as far as I think we should go with that. <laughs> right, um, right. Yeah. Because what this does is it, is it ties Eleazar to the reality um, of the promise that was given in Genesis, Genesis that through the seed of, of Adam, through the seed, um, that the Savior of the nations would come. So this is a reminder to Eleazar of how the Savior was going to come to us. So there's a lot. There's a lot in those first four verses. And, and this is something I, I love how you brought us back because it's so easy for us with our culture goggles on, I would say, to say, oh, arranged marriages, I don't like this. I don't like that, that chapter. But when we look at it and when you put it in perspective of here's Moses writing this and there had to be those moments where he's writing this and going, huh, Eleazar, uh, uh, what, what, what does his name mean again? The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. Yeah. What was it? Yeah, God is my helper. God is my helper, that he goes, oh, well, that's convenient. Hmm, I wonder who kind of, who directed this whole thing, you know? And and to take it back to that, and ultimately you say, ooh, in our in our day and age, we look at the culture eyes and go, well, that's not, I don't like that. Arranged marriages, uh, second cousin, this is this is not what we want. But when we look at it through Christ goggles, we don't, we don't dismiss those things as not real, but we do look at it and go, this is how God set it up for the sake of the lineage to give us Jesus. And that's important for us to to ask those questions, but not to get caught up in it so much that we forget about well the Christ goggles. That you know what God was setting this up in a in a good way, showing us how He was working in those days. And guess what? He is working in ours as well. So it's good to keep our, our minds on that. I love the names when you have how God just set it up perfectly too. That there it is. This name means that God is my help, and 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 the Lord is my help. Which well. As you, as you said, boy, do we need it. So, Pastor, anything else in those first four verses? Yeah, no, and I think the other thing, too, just to, just a quick reminder as well, is that it, and this is something for us as, as Christian men, obviously, by the grace of God, we've been given, you know, many years of marriage, and we're very grateful for that. And, 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 and as, at the same time, there may be some young folks that are listening now and, and, and are tuning in and will at, at later times, and that's the great thing of these uh, these episodes being archived, is that, you know, what what is it that we as men, what is it that, that, that the young women are looking for as we're, we're looking of looking at what this what marriage means? Um, that we want somebody that has a mutual belief that we're equally yoked in terms of our confession. And we're going to see this as, as Eleazar later will pray, is that he's exa- he's praying exactly for that. Not just a, a woman who's going to be beautiful and, and, and pretty and, and, and um, fair and, and all these wonderful things, which, which of course, there are wonderful, wonderful assets for, for um, our wives to have. But what we'll find with, with what, is, what God presents um, 
to Eleazar is um, her virtues abound, uh, and and I think that's the wonderful thing that we we can remember as Christians is that our Lord is has has given us wonderful virtue um, that that's not given for ourselves and our for for our own well being necessarily it is but but it's also to be given to be shared and that's the thing that that's the full crux of this particular chapter is that. In it, we would see God's graciousness to us, that he's giving us everything, that he pours himself out to us. And He's and through all of this, a son is going to be born, which, of course, we rejoice at Christmas over. Um, but what does this son come to do? He's come to die. He's come to bear our sins, and he's come to forgive us of those and to give his mercy and grace to us without end. So that's the wonderful thing. That that, that particular thread, of course, we know runs throughout the entirety of Scripture. And it really is, I like how you brought that back. Uh, well, you brought a lot of, a lot back here. I mean, it's a floodgate of theology here. Thank you for that, Pastor, is uh, to, to look at, okay, well, he just doesn't like the Canaanites. You know, he just doesn't like those people on the other side of the track. Like, no, it went further right. than that. This was a faith issue. And it's a good reminder for all of us in our lives is if for those who are looking to be either courting or dating or engaged, whatever it might be, is... To, to the Lord will, to lead you somebody who is faithful, um, believing in the Lord, trusting in the Lord, and being able to uh, join together in Christ as one. And that was a major part of what's happening here, not just, I don't like that country, therefore, but it had it was a faith issue as well. Pastor, anything else in the first four verses? I think we're pretty thorough on that so far. All right. So here we go. Verse five. The servant said to him, Perhaps the woman may not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I then take your son back to the land from which you came? Abraham said to him, See to it that you do not take my son back there. (laughs) The Lord Yahweh, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and who spoke to me and swore to me, To your offspring I will give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife for my son from there. But if the woman is not willing to follow you, Then you will be free from his oath of mine. Only you must not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. So a lot of back and forth here, Pastor, but it it, it is quite striking that Eliezer asked a pretty good question. Like, you know what? It's kind of like in in New Mexico. You go to California, eh, California might not want to come back to New Mexico, you know, with me. So we might have a problem here, Abraham. And what does Abraham um, have to say? Yeah, no, I think it's, 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 a, it's a good practical concern. And I think, like you said at the very beginning in the introduction, is that, um, you know, we're not going to be free necessarily of the practical concerns. And I think you mentioned that as well in terms of, you know, uh, you know how we as Christians see you know, sort, of, sort of the American cultural ways of looking at marriage. So Eliezer is asking this question that, well, there's a, there's, there's a practical purpose here, which then, of course, Abraham says uh, to this, he says, well, okay, well, well there's two things that are not going to happen. Uh, well, there's one thing that's not going to happen. And then basically he commends it and says, the Lord's will be done. It's not actually said within the scriptures, but basically um, I'm sending you as a servant if it is the case that you that, that this particular wife that you may find is not willing to come back, um, then you will be free of this oath which you have sworn. 
And what the wonderful thing about that is, is that, you know, I'm commissioning you to do this, but yet if it's not the case, then you'll be set free of this, which is a wonderful sort of uh, a gracious way that Abraham is, is treating Eleazar. We, we see, and this is the great love uh, that Abraham has for Eleazar. Um, but the other thing, too, is that, okay, well, no, it's not good and it's not right, um, because what, what Abraham is saying is that at a good and a proper time, um, God has already said that, that my son, that that land that you're going to will, will be my son's land. That is not the time yet. And I think this is one of the things with regard to time is oftentimes, you know, how do you say, we get often really busy. Uh, the first and primary thing that's happening here is um, you are to find a wife for my, for my son. That's the first order of business. And then God is taking care of the first order of business. And then with regard to this going back to this land um, or, or, or Isaac being brought there, uh, that will come in, in, in God's good and proper time as well, but not yet. And I think that's one of the things I talk about to the folks at Calvary often is that, you know, um, uh, the, the, the now but not yet of things. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Now is the time for a wife, but not yet is the time for nece- uh, necessarily to have Isaac be brought back. And then <clears throat> what we see is that, you know, we see again, once again, this is the second reference to the Lord um, in verse 7, is the Lord is the one who's taken me out and he's been with me. And we see that in the first verse, that the Lord blessed Abraham in many things. Um, and so he's uh, brought me from, from my father's house and spoke to me and swore to me. And he said, your offspring, I will give this land, and he will send his angel. And there we see this other reference, and we'll see it again in verse 40, where we see this reference to the angel of the Lord. So my Lord has taken me out, and yet the angel of the Lord um, will be sent before you. In other words, Christ will attend to you. And and how sorely do we need that, Pastor, in, in this day and age, to know that this God who is incarnate, Jesus Christ our Lord, continues to go with us wherever we go. So what we have here is 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 you know the is is the full attendance of God with Eleazar as he attends to this this task that he's been given to. Um and so the other thing too, and I don't know if you, you had gotten to verse eight, I think you did. You know, but we see it even mm-hmm. in verse eight that Abraham's not even absolutely sure of who <laughs> Yahweh will provide. That's true. Okay. So the, but what but what we what Abraham is sure is that God will provide. What he's not sure of, of of is who it is, and so yet he prays and he's open to who God will provide, um, because God is under, or rather Abraham is understanding that God is doing all of this. Yes, of course, for his own good purposes, but he also does it for the good purposes uh, of Abraham and and for his lineage and for his household. And that's where we, you know, we put on those Christ goggles, put on those faith goggles. I mean, and, and be honest, you know, when I say that, God is putting those on us. I mean, this is not a matter of, oh, now I'm going to put those Jesus goggles on. I'm going to put that faith goggles on. No, this is all a gift from the Lord. And when you're able to look back and to see how God works, it makes total sense. But that, you know, Psalm 27 says, wait for the Lord, be strong, take heart and wait for the Lord. That's really what's happening here is, okay, I need help. I'm waiting. And for me, I don't know about you, Pastor, but I, I, don't, I don't like waiting. And so this is a, <laughs> a test of faith that you're seeing with Abraham. Like you said, um, verse 8, it's like, well, this might not actually work. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust the Lord here. We're going to put ourselves, uh, do the vocations that God has called us to do, which is, you know, to help my son find a bride. And, and this is what we're going to do. But yet he's still waiting. He's still trusting. And then, you know, as, as Moses looks back and as we look back, we realize, yeah, God's hand was all over it. So it's, it, it brings up something I don't like, which is that 
wait for the Lord peace. Any, any thoughts before we move on? No. Yeah. I mean, but you know, and that's the thing I, and I, I laugh because I can identify with that, you know, because to the mm-hmm. extent that we're looking as God is sort of the Lord and master of the, of the end or of the, 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 what is the place where you get your driver's license? We call it an MVD down here in the oh, you know, DMV up vehicle. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, you know, to the extent that we, we've taken a number and we're wait we're waiting. My gosh. Yeah. I, I, I certainly can resonate with that. Um, Mm-hmm. And yet, mm-hmm. you, and I think you spoke to something very important is that, you know, especially as we get into the New Testament, you know, you'll see this um, waiting is, is, you know, you go to a restaurant and, and, you know, this is how it is that our Lord sees this. Um, you know, you call a waiter or a waitress um, and, and they come to your table and they, they, they wait on you hand and foot. And I think that's another way that we can see what's happening here is that. While we think we're waiting in the DMV line <laughs> for for God to accomplish this, as far as God is concerned, it's already it's already accomplished. It's already finished. And I think, like you said, is that I can't see that. I really can't see that in any way, shape, or form. I see that you know um, the days are long, or that they're arduous, or that 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 there's things that are not happening the way that I'd hoped that they would. Um, and yet. Um, our prayer often in those situations is, you know, Lord, I can't see just precisely what it is that you're doing. I know you're here. It's like the it's like the Father in Mark nine. I believe you're mm-hmm. here, but help me, help my unbelief, help me to see what you're doing, and provide those people around me, my wife, my children, um, you know, for us as pastors and for you and your your new role. And thanks be to God that you've been appointed to that. Um, many different people um, that our Lord will provide on a daily basis that are that are in need of of help and of of comfort and of certainty and sureness. Um, because, because we lose it, you know, I mean, none of us, none of us saved Jesus, um, had perfect faith, none of us. Um, and yet what our Lord continues to do is that, that second aspect that we were talking about before is that he's constantly waiting on us, that he's giving us mm-hmm. everything that we need as we remember in the first article of the creed, uh, he's giving us those first article gifts and he's also giving us everything that we need for this, this body and life, but also for the life yet to come. And I think that's inherent in that first verse is that he had blessed Abraham in everything. Everything that Abraham had, he knew was a heritage and a gift from God. And 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 how often is is, is does that have to be my prayer um, that I'm I'm asking God to, to see just precisely what it is that He's waiting on me with, um, and and the abundance with which He's providing it. I love that we wait as God waits on us, and and a good little play on words there, but that's a total reminder in this text, and so. Let's keep moving on because it really does. I mean, it totally shows the hand and God waiting hand and foot with his people. So verse 10, uh, we'll go through 14. Then the servant took 10 of his master's camels and departed, taking all sorts of choice gifts from his master. And he rose and went to Mesopotamia to the city of Naor. And he made the camels kneel down outside the city by the well of water at the time of evening. The time then when women go and draw out water. And he said, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show me steadfast love to my master Abraham. Behold, I am standing by the spring of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Let the young women to whom I shall say, Please let down your jar that I may drink, and who shall say, Drink, and I will water your camels. 
Let her be the one whom you have appointed for your servant Isaac. By this I shall know that you have shown steadfast love to my master. So the servant came, uh, brought some camels, and started to pray. Pastor, with about a minute before our break, uh, what are your first thoughts as, as, as Eleazar shows up and prays and has a very specific prayer? <laughs> yeah, no, he's uh, he, he really gets to brass tacks there, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, th- this is what I'm hoping to see uh, and open my eyes to see it, you know, and, and yet, you know, here he is, this, this servant of this great and, and prosperous master, uh, Abraham. Um, and what's beautiful about this is that you see the humility of Eleazar, um, the, 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 the God of my Lord, you know, my, my master. But what we then see is that is, this is exactly what we see in the, in the Lord's Prayer when we say our Father. But yet Eleazar continues to pray to this God. Um, he knows that the God of Abraham is his God, and he knows that he can pray to him and he will hear him um, and will provide, um, will provide for him you know, in this particular task that he's been set out for. But I think we can talk a little bit more about it. I know the break's coming up here, but I think verse 14 is a very important uh, verse because there is some pretty specific uh, things that Eliezer is, is, is asking for. Well, let's get to that on the other side. Out of our break, we are studying Genesis chapter 24 with Pastor Adam DeGroat, and we'll be right back. These are the voices of young Lutherans in Mexico City, children who are excited to learn more about their Savior, Jesus. But they need our help, because good Lutheran books for kids in the Spanish language are in short supply in Mexico. To learn how you can help tell Spanish-speaking kids everywhere about Jesus in a language they can understand, go to the Lutheran Heritage Foundation website at lhfmissions.org forward slash Juan 316. And welcome back. We are studying Genesis chapter 24 with Pastor Adam DeGroat of Calvary Lutheran Church in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. A reminder this morning, if you listen to our break, it is uh, my parents' 48th wedding anniversary today. <laughs> they sponsored today on KFUO. And if you are, are, are interested in sponsoring uh, a day uh, here on KFUO, it's a real simple process, but it supports the ministry around the world. KFUO, c- proclaiming Christ for you anytime anywhere. Give KFUO a call and you'll give you more information. But happy anniversary to my parents as they remember their parents. And it's a it's a wonderful witness as we look at today in our text about marriage and the importance of that um, as Christians and how God has ordained it. So, Pastor, we were talking about verse 14 and um, you wanted to make some more points with that. It is It is something we can easily overlook like he just is looking for, he knows that the good-looking gals go and get water at noon. That's all he's thinking about here. But, Pastor, you're saying there might be more. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, that, that's, uh, and thank you for making that point. I did hear that uh, little ad there in the in the break <laughs> about your parents' anniversary, and I thought I, thought I heard the last name Finneran. Um, That's right. So happy that anniversary to them, and 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 there you are, Pastor, as a as a, as a lineage of of 
of of that wonderful marriage and thanks be to God for for his faithfulness to your parents and 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 to you. Um oh, and I yeah, think you know, that's ex- yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what a great segue into what we're seeing Eliezer pray in in verse 14 because he's he's understanding the graciousness of his master and he he understands and this is one of the things that we know so much about as Christians, you know, we love because Christ has first loved us and and, and Eliezer knows graciousness because Abraham has shown him graciousness. And so he prays to this God that he knows has been gracious to Abraham, that whoever this, this woman that God ha- and will provide. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's good. And here's, here are these young ladies that are, that are going out. He's not necessarily going to the arcade or, you know, wherever it is that you, you know, I should, I should actually backtrack <laughs> on that. He's, he's going to church. <laughs> <laughs> which is where we, we all should find our, our husbands and wives is that is at our mm-hmm. churches. Um, but there he is at this water, this watering well and, 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 and how, how prominently wells figure within the Holy scriptures, but, but also water. And, and of course, water being the source of life and baptism, there's a lot of things we can tie into that, but he's saying, yes, you know, um, if nothing more, what we're, what he, we're seeing, he's actually asking is um, make her hospitable, have her be patient um, and, and understand that, that, you know, as little as Eliezer may know of what he's praying, is that what we, we know as Christians is that God has already chosen Rebecca for Isaac. We don't know her name yet, and Eliezer doesn't know her name yet. Um, but what, what Eliezer is praying and the nature of his prayer is really this, for his good purposes and for the providing of the Savior. And so that's where the prayer, um, it's really kind of interesting because the next verses, you know, that, that you'll read, um, we'll, we'll see how quickly God answers this, this particular question, this particular prayer. Um, and this goes back to that waiting uh, upon us that our Lord does, is he's, he's, he's quick to hear, he's quick to answer, and he's always abounding in, in, in steadfast love and his gifts to us. Well, let's continue to hear more of this story. Well, one, we have to get through 41 verses, but we're kind of we're kind of on the cliff here. We got to find out more of what happens. He's prayed. Now what happens? So you ready? I'm ready. All right. Verse 15. Before he had finished speaking, think about that. Before he finished praying, <laughs> behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the wife of Naor, Abraham's brother, came out with her water jar on her shoulder. The young woman was very attractive in appearance, a maiden whom no man had known. She went down to the spring and filled her jar and came up. Then the servant ran to meet her and said, Please give me a little water to drink from your jar. She said, Drink, my lord. And she quickly let down her jar upon her hand and gave him a drink. When she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until you have finished drinking. She quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran again to the well to draw water, and she drew for all his camels. The man gazed at her in silence to learn whether the Lord Yahweh had prospered his journey or not. Oh, that's so much fun. This is so much fun. So break this down, because guess what? The Lord, before he's finished praying, answers his prayer. Go for it. Well, sure. I mean, in, in those colics that we have, you know, in the colics, of course, as we see them in the divine services, are are just those little prayers that sort of collect. They they collect all the thoughts of a day. But you know, there's there's colics that pray exactly this: is that, oh Lord, who knows um, all that we ask or all that we pray before we even ask or even know. Um, we see this. We see this here, and, and and certainly, I think in many ways, we ourselves have have seen the very same thing. And so, you know, I remember, you know, Melissa and I when we were 
you know, younger and, and, and more spry, but, you know, um, also, you know, <laughs> struggling a little bit more, if, if you know what I mean, in those days of seminary where um, we just didn't know if, if, if the things were going to be there ready for, for rent or, or for whatever it happens to be. And, you know, what we'd find is on those days where we'd pray is that, you know, and that's not to say that it's only money or, 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 or material provision, but what we found is that almost without us even I mean, without us even knowing what would happen is that on that particular day it would show up uh which then tells us that this was set in motion long before we had prayed for this and we see exactly that happening is god knows what we'll pray for he knows what we need before we even ask and he's continuing to provide that for not just Eleazar, but for Abraham and even, and that just goes back to what we talked about before, for us. And so the other thing we see here with this, with this fair maiden is, you know, one thing real quickly, and I just do want to throw this in there because I think it goes back to our American understanding of, of marriage specifically, is we're, I think, so inclined often to fear. Um, uh, you know, and, and, and oftentimes, you know, even us as Christians as in our, and our Christian youth are, are, are fearful as we enter into um, what's really the unknown territory. So we, 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 how do you want to say, we practice, we try a lot of things out. You know, it's, and, I, and I often say to kids, you know, especially in premarital counseling, is you have no idea what it's like to be married until you're married. <laughs> right, you don't, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And... You know, this understanding that, 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 okay, here is this woman who's come. She's a maiden. She's not been known by a man. She's saving herself in that particular aspect specifically for the man that, that God has ordained uh, would be her husband for the very purposes that we had talked about, about before, consolation, love, the sharing of all these wonderful gifts, but also the procreation of children. And I think that's one of those things, too, is that, you know, as difficult as it is, and, and it is, we, we know this as pastors, we know this as Christians in this day and age, and our kids know this, um, how difficult it is um, in this world that we're living in. Um, uh, you know, there's no sin in being tempted. Um, uh, there is sin in being given over to it, in, in, given, given over to it. And to be reminded of, of this, this, this sort of um, God is giving to us in this particular text, this wonderful thing of look for this, look for these things and for these for particular purposes. Um, and, 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 and there's blessings that, that go with that as difficult as it, as it, as it may be. And so the other thing too, is real quickly is, is you see this woman who's, who's not just taking care of Eleazar, but she's taking care of the beasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. And, and maybe Eleazar was a beast too. Who knows? Maybe he was unshaved and he's certainly been on the road. So, uh, for a couple of days, so we don't know what he looked like, but, um, but what we see is this this young woman uh, who's not just taking care of him, but but with such patience and such deliberateness, taking care of all of those camels and that and, and and the entire party that is that that's come with. It's an answer acutely and immediately to the prayer that Eliezer had prayed. In verse twenty one, it, it, it is definitely something where you read it. The man gazed at her in silence to learn whether the Lord had prospered his journey or not. Now, we can interpret that many different ways, but ultimately there had to have been a little bit of the jaw on the ground moment right there. Um, <laughs> so, you yeah. had to have some of that, right? Like, okay, this, this, yeah. this can't be real. You know, this, this, it, it's kind of like when, when someone so, shows up at your church and they basically are 
willing to do something that the church has always needed. You know, a banker comes and you need a loan or a, a teacher just shows up the time you need a Sunday school teacher or whatever it might be. We don't, it's not always obvious. Like you said, it's not, it's not always immediate. Um, but it is something where you look back and like, wow, God brought that person at this right time for my life, whether it's for your marriage, obviously your wife, uh, Mel, or my wife, Amy, they came at the time that the Lord had given us. And there's times where your your, your mouth kind of goes to the ground. Like, that's amazing, because the only way that works is because of the grace of God. Your thoughts before we move on? Sure. No, I think, it, I mean, it's it's that line. I mean, you know, what is man that he, you're mindful of, of us? I mean, what is man that you're mindful of him? And, 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 and yes, I mean, how many of us, you know, yes, exactly like you said, there's not a whole lot else I could say, but I, I think in, in many ways your 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 imagery of, of Eleazar's jaw on the ground is, is very apt. <laughs> Let's keep moving on. Verse 22. When the camels had finished drinking, the man took a gold ring weighing a half shekel and two bracelets for her arms weighing 10 gold shekels and said, please tell me whose daughter you are. Is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? She said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, whom she bore to Nahor. She added, we have plenty of both straw and fodder and room to spend the night. The man bowed his head and worshiped the Lord and said, blessed be the Lord, the God of my master, Abraham, who has not forsaken his steadfast love and his faithfulness toward my master. As for me, the Lord has led me in the way to the house of my master's kinsmen. When the, then the young woman ran, woman ran and told her mother's household about these things. So once again, I mean, this is a little bit of, you know, blessed be the Lord, verse 27, he, he picks up his mouth from the ground and he's able to say, wow, this is even crazier than I even first thought. What are the thoughts you have here? 22 through 28. Uh, I'm really I'm really taken back by, you know, here we are once again. And it goes back to this sort of you know element of fear that you know seems to be prevalent in our day and age of, of practicing things and making sure everything's going to work out so well. But my goodness, by verse <laughs> verse 21, it's like, let's get this show on the road. <laughs> Because this, this bestowal of, of gold, this is a betrothal. Mm -hmm, <laughs> He's mm -hmm. saying, I have every intention of, 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 of adorning you with all it's, – it's what we see you know, in so many different ways, like the, the prodigal son is, is – is, immediately he's been given this robe immediately the son is given the ring immediately the fatted calf is 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 slaughtered and immediately here after he can pick his jaw off off, off the ground <laughs> he realizes okay here we go here's this here's this nose ring and here are these bracelets and then we'll see it we'll see it later as we we hear Laban it's it's a comical story in a lot of ways because <laughs> you know Laban's going to see the gold and, and and we know a little bit about Laban he was kind of a a squirrely guy um mm, mm, you know, that's a little bit prone to to greed and and, and whatnot but um so here she is and what this is 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 this is basically um Eleazar saying I am I am putting this ring on you um if nothing more is to say you are going to be brought in as this great gift to this young man, um, and, and at this, and yet, as this, as this, yet at this particular point, <laughs> there's, there's nothing Rebecca can do, except run to go talk to her mother's, um, uh, you know, in, in this other home, and then, and then later we'll see that the, that, that the father is then brought in 
is the most specifically it's the brother is brought in to this particular mm-hmm. situation. We don't know where the father was, but this is verse 22 is the beginning of this betrothal where it's saying, no, it is good and it is right. And it is clear to me as Eleazar that this is the one who God has provided for my servant's son. Um, and, 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 and then you then begin to see it immediately. He goes into this prayer of thanks. So there's yeah. a lot of prayer. In verse 27, it's a prayer of thanksgiving. Um, Blessed be the Lord God of the master of Abraham, who has not forsaken his steadfast love and the faithfulness toward my master. As for me, the Lord has led me in the way of the house of my master's kinsmen. So what you're seeing there is, is going back to verse 21. You have the answer by verse 27. Yes, mm. it's true. My, my journey is arduous, is hard, whatever. We don't even know. We're not given to know that. But I think we can take that and remember that, you know, in our arduous um, journeys of life, this, this waiting on the Lord, which, you know, maybe has seemed like being in the DMV line, has actually been the other way around. That while we've waited, God has waited on us with gifts beyond what we can imagine. <laughs> it's just a wonderful, wonderful text. It really is. It's something. And first of all, you can tell that Pastor DeGroat is having a great time. I'm having a great time with this. And mainly because I'm just slowly going through it. And you just see this. You see um, verse 28, the young woman ran and told her mother's household about these things. So this was not like, you know, this is not an ER moment where she slowly went back. I mean, this is this is fast because they know that God's promises are true, much like the disciples who ran to the tomb, you know, yeah. that they know that the Lord is answering his prayers. He is providing for his people. You can't tell me that the rumor had not gotten out that that the that they were going to sacrifice Isaac and yet God provided the lamb or the ram. And then therefore that is called the Lord provide. I mean, they're just seeing it over and over and Moses writing this. I can, I can have Moses writing this and laughing the same way that pastor DeGroat is today because wow, our Lord provides. We need to keep moving because we're getting short on time here. Pastor verse 29. Rebecca had a brother whose name was Laban. Laban ran out toward the man to the spring. As soon as he saw the ring and the bracelets on his sister's arms and heard the words of Rebecca, his sister, thus the man spoke to me. He went to the man, and behold, he was standing by the camels of the spring. at the spring. He said, Come in, O blessed of the Lord Yahweh. Why do you stand outside? For I prepared the house and a place for the camels. So the man came to the house and un- unharnessed the camels and gave straw and fodder to the camels. And there was water to wash his feet and feet of the men who were with him. When food was set before him to eat, he said, I will not eat until I have said what I have to say. He said, speak on. Now, before we get to that point, Pastor, I do want to just kind of make sure we get all of these things. The next part is even more pure gold. So um, 29 through 33, it sets it up. Here's Laban. He's coming in. He's going to test the spirits, if you will, to make sure that this is legitimate. What, What does he find? What is he well, sure, yeah. I mean, and I think what you see uh, two things. One, Laban is, you know, he's maybe running out for different reasons. You know, he, he, that's true. That's true. He, he, <laughs> sees, he sees the gold. I mean, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, he, good point. He knows that he will benefit from this, and and I think we see that as we'll see later. Um, he'll replace Rachel with Leah, uh, and, and and as as and it will it, as as Jacob later will 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 figure into the stories. But then Jacob, of course, is seven years, uh, and Laban will trick him. He's a deceiver. Um, but 
and that, this is what I love about what we remember too, is that even though there's this trickery, there's this, there's this curiosity, whatever it happens to be, it, God's graciousness will not be tamped down. It won't. Um, because even if Laban is wicked, and, and I don't think we can make this assessment at this particular point of this chapter, um, but what we see is that even if Laban intends this for his own purposes, and this is where we see Joseph, you know, what God in, or what man intends for evil, God intends for good. And, and, and so the camels are fed and all these wonderful things they're taken care of, regardless of, of, of why Laban goes out. But then he goes, <laughs> he goes on, and I'm sorry I'm having such a good time with this, but he says simply, you know, here's Eliezer, he's saying, I'm not going to come in. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to even eat any food. I'm not going to take any comfort until I know that I have fulfilled the oath that my master has sent me out for. I'm here for the primary purpose, and I think this is what we remember as, as churchgoers, is we are here at the, at the church for a primary purpose, most specifically because of the salvation that the Savior gives to us. And so that's the thing. This marriage means that there will be a Savior unto all mankind. God has ordained it. God has arranged it. And until I get this worked out— <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to eat a lick of food. I'm not going to rest in any way, shape, or form. And then Laban, uh, generously, whether he wants to or not, we don't know. He says, "Speak on." <laughs> so, yeah, right. It's a right. wonderful thing. Wonderful. Oh, thing. it's oh, it's so. It's just like I said. It's pure gold. Of course, not referencing the the gold that Laban noticed, um, but to, sure, just pure yeah, yeah. gold as far as the story that just it it just. It just uh, you have these moments when you, for example, I'll just say this on Sunday, I went to uh, an installation of a new pastor uh, church in Northern Minnesota. And then I went to an ordination and presided over an ordination and installation of a, of a new SEM graduate. And I tell you what, there's those moments during something like that, where you just, you want to say, speak on, you want to hear these pastors story. You want to hear the congregation story. You want to hear all this is all coming together and you were able to say, speak on. And it's almost like you're leaning in just to hear a little bit more. That is the anticipation, the joy of seeing God at work in our lives, which ultimately points us to Christ. So let it, let's continue on verse 34 till the end. We have about six minutes left in our time. He said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord God, uh, the Lord Yahweh has greatly blessed my master and he has become great. He has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male servants and female servants, camels and donkeys. And Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was old. And to him, he has given all that he has. My master has made me swear, saying, you shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I dwell. But you shall go from my father's house into my clan and take a wife for my son. I said to my master, perhaps the woman will not follow me. But he said to me, the Lord Yahweh, before I have walked, will send his angel with you and prosper your way. You shall take a wife for my son and for my clan and for my father's house. Then you will be free from my oath and you will come. And when you come to my clan and if they will not give her to you, you'll be free from my oath. You know, I'll admit this to to your listeners right now that uh Boy, this is kind of a tease. It does end in a very important part. And I, I don't apologize for that because you can listen tomorrow when we study again. But Pastor, right now, build this up even more for us. He says, speak on, and he speaks. We have about five minutes left. What do you got? Okay, well, it's good. I, what I love about verse 35 is, is you know, and, and I think, you know, especially for our young men, 
is is remember this is a betrothal. It's a it's a proposal. Um, and what 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 Eleazar is saying is is you see that in verse thirty five is it's not necessarily um, that in all cases um, you know I remember this is a young man uh, you know when I asked uh, my wife to marry me um, Pastor Penner and I <laughs> I had nothing <laughs> I, I really had I had no um, flocks and herds there was no silver no gold no male servants or female servants camels or donkeys i had an old truck that was a 1989 uh nissan pickup with a rusted out bed which you and which you in minnesota would be familiar with (laughs) absolutely absolutely praise be to god yeah right you know and and yet you know it's one of those things that we, we we reassure our young men we reassure our young women of this is that um i i we as young men have something even better uh, to be able to give. And, and that's simply, and that's one of the things we remember as, as husbands and as fathers is that, you know, we're tasked with this, with this understanding that we are to bring um, our families in to hear the word of God, to hear our father who speaks to us and the savior who has saved us and all people. Um, and that's the, one of the most important things that we can, that we can bring, because remember this is, yes, it's a, it's a text of, of temporal riches. Of course it is. Um, but 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 let, but not to get bogged down with the temporal gifts. We can be so inclined to worship the gifts rather than the giver. Is mm. what Eleazar is saying is Yahweh God has been gracious, and this your daughter, this your sister, will be brought into this, and even greater than all these temporal treasures of of, of earth. Um, is that through this woman uh, is going to come the very savior of mankind. And that's, that's implied because it's like you said, is that these people understand they have the same God, they worship the same God, they expect the same things from God um, that, that Abraham, uh, and, and, uh, that Abraham um, does as well. And so you see that we have this, to sum it up, is that if nothing more, if we have nothing else to give in terms of temporal riches, you know what? That's the great thing about getting older is that someday you will. Someday you will. Um, but maybe, you know, if nothing more, if you're a young man uh, right now that has maybe nothing in terms of temporal riches to give, you have the very gift, the greatest gift of the forgiveness of sins to be able to bestow to your wife and, Lord willing, someday your own children. Um, and this heritage will grow up. Around you, and also I'll sort of sort of joke with you here too. Is that even if you end up a pauper for all your days, maybe mm. one of your sons or daughters will become uh, <laughs> rich and famous, and then and then and then as a result. I, but I digress. It's just to say, <laughs> simply, <laughs> not that we affix to the gifts of the temporal gifts, but we we affix and are are, are solely uh, focused on our Lord and God, who is the great giver of the gifts that this world cannot give. And I think that's one of the major things we see as as we we segue to the latter part of this chapter. I'm going to ask this because we have about a minute and a half left in our time. You started our study today by saying there's Christ all over the place. So to wrap things up, where do we see Christ all over the place that would encourage our listeners this morning? All right, I'm going to go through it really quickly. You ready? I'm ready. In verse three, yeah, verse three, verse seven, verse twelve, verse twenty-six, verse twenty-seven, thirty-one, thirty-five, forty, forty-two, forty-four, forty-eight, fifty, fifty-one, fifty-two. We also see him as the angel of the Lord in verse seven, and we also see him as the angel of the Lord in verse forty, and that's the only places we see him. <laughs> <laughs> it's so minimal. There's not much there, Pastor. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. 
<laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I think that represents our time. As we have seen Christ, we have received his gifts. Pastor Adam DeGroat of Calvary Lutheran Church in Rio Rancho, New Mexico, given us God's strong word from Genesis chapter 24. Yes, we ended at a weird time, but look forward to tomorrow because the gifts will be even more. So Pastor DeGroat, thank you for joining us and thank you for bringing us his gifts. Pleasure to be with you and the peace of the Lord be with you. I'm your host, Pastor Brady Finneran, District President of the Minnesota North District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Having a great time studying God's Word this morning. Thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of His hand.